0: Hey everybody! Welcome to another episode of Courtside with Neil and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. We have with us today fourth-year men's head coach of the Wichita State Shockers, Coach Danny Bryan. Coach Bryan played his collegiate tennis at LSU, where he ranks among LSU's all-time leaders in wins. And tennis runs deep in his family, as his father and three uncles played collegiate tennis, while his grandfather played professionally. Currently. Coach Bryant is doing a great job leading the Wichita State squad to success. We are happy to have him on. So without further ado, please welcome to the pod, Coach Danny Bryan. Coach, thanks for uh, spending some time today and walking us through your journey.
1: Yeah, David, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: So, I mean, I, I ask the same question to every recent guest I have because it's just such a unique time right now with the coronavirus and everything. How are you holding up? How's your family holding up? How's the team holding up?
1: Yeah, it, it, as you said, it's been crazy few months. Um, now things have gotten a lot better for us. Um, you know, we're, we've been fortunate since June first. We've actually been able to practice with uh, the guys that have been on campus that stayed. Um, so we have four guys here now that are you know able to we're, we're able to uh, work with them on a voluntary basis. And um, yeah, it's been it's been really good and uh the, the last three months or uh, uh has been interesting um <laughs> you know to say the least uh and you know it's been a good time to reflect and I think um you know our, our teams and a really motivated right now I think you know being away from tennis for so long is uh we've all kind of looked at things we're all looking at things a little bit differently and understand how fortunate we are to uh, to play and you know when we are able to so it's yeah good.
0: for sure and i'm i'm I know it must feel good to see some of the guys back because we've all just been so isolated for so long, so
1: it's been great. I mean it's nice to be busy. let's just put it that way. Yeah. you know it's I have a lot going on now, which is great,
0: so as I stated in my in my intro, tennis runs deep in your family, so um I guess it was kind of implied that you'll be playing the sport as well, so why don't you walk us through how you got started in the sport, and did you play any other sports growing up
1: okay yeah so i yeah, tennis is uh, definitely in the family. My my grandfather uh, on my father's side uh, was a was a tennis coach and still is. He's getting it, I'm not sure exactly what his age is, but he's he's still he's still out there, probably close to eighty. Um, and then my dad had um, three brothers. There's four boys, and all of them played tennis. Uh, all of them played uh, division one, and um, so. Let's see, one of them ended up – he was playing German League and and, uh, fell in love and has lived in Germany pretty much since I've been born, but he's a tennis coach there. And then my dad was a tennis coach. Uh, One of my other uncles is also a tennis coach. And then then there's one oddball who's a lawyer. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I was always around tennis. Um, My sister is two years older, and, um, you know, she played tennis at Ohio State. And so you know, my my dad had a junior program with my grandfather, and you know I just would go out there. I think it was two hours a day, four to six, um, and that's that's basically how I started playing. Um, I also played baseball until I was ten, I think, is when I kind of decided I was just going to try to pick one sport and. Um, I always enjoy playing lots of other sports and I still do. And as a kid, I would always go play with friends, play basketball, you know, baseball, football, everything. But, uh, tennis ultimately from about 10 was, you know, the only one I took very seriously.
0: Wow. That's pretty early to specialize in that, but, but that's cool. So obviously you had, um, you had a good junior career because obviously we saw where you played collegiately. Talk about some of uh, your big junior accomplishments.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I did you know, especially nowadays, I would say I, I kind of, you know, specialized, you know, pretty early. Um, and so I had success, you know, right away. I think I was just probably playing more than everyone else uh, or, or most people. And, um, you know, in the 12s, I don't think there was a, I don't think there was actually a 12s national ranking at the time. There was a thing called Challenge Cup. And, I you know, I got selected in that. And I think I think it ultimately probably, it's, safe to say I was top 16 or so in the, in the country in the 12s. And then I was top five in the country in the 14s and 16s and um, singles. And then 18s, I actually left to go to college my, um, when I was 17. So I stopped playing juniors and I could have, I have a December birthday. So I still had one more year left. So I, I might've been in you know, top 40 that year, okay. um, the year before. So, you know, I had a, I had a pretty good junior career.
0: So there are some, I, there are some instances where someone can go away because they have an early. Uh, they go to college early, and they can come back and still play the 18s. I'm not sure. if You did that.
1: I, I did. I didn't do that. I I chose to, and in a way, I guess I kind of regret it, or I would like to. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know if I regret it, but I was playing some futures. I went to um, Canada with a few of my teammates, and and did that whole deal instead. And I, I think I was just ready to to move on from juniors and to be honest i the only reason why i think i would go back to play kalamazoo if, if i had a chance to win it and i probably didn't think i did at the time
0: got it so we we're going to get to uh, your fantastic career at lsu but you were recruited by some other really good schools talk about those schools that you took your visits on and at the end of the day uh, ultimately why did lsu win out
1: okay so yeah i i, I was Fortunate. I got recruited. So, my sister went to Ohio State um, in 2001. So, she's two years ahead of me. And then uh, I had been up there a few times, and it was right when uh, Coach Tucker was starting off there. So, um, I uh, took a visit to Ohio State and I took a visit to um, Illinois. And that was when Craig Tiley was there, and they were maybe number two in the country. That was, that was a really cool experience. And then I also took a visit to the University of Kentucky with uh, Coach Emery, um, And they had a really good team. I think they were just coming off. I think Jesse Witten had just mm-hmm. uh, either won NCAAs or got to the finals. And it was a young team, and they were, they were going to be really good for a while. So um, ultimately, my last visit was LSU. I didn't um, grow up being a huge LSU fan at all. My, both of my parents uh, went to USL, which is now ULL. And um it wasn't that we hated LSU or anything. It just wasn't something that like everyone else in Louisiana where we watched every football game. Uh you know, we're just die hard um fans. So uh actually every visit I went on, I thought the next day that I was gonna go to that school. And my parents just kind of told me to be patient and kind of go through the whole the whole process and LSU ended up being the uh my last visit. The
0: last so one. Last one last often one. gets the advantage.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it works that way, sometimes you want to be first, but yeah, yeah. for me, it was definitely the last one and you know there were all the schools were so great i would have you know had a great time in any of them and had a great experience i 'm hundred percent positive but but you know I, I i just feel like being close to home uh I had a lot of family in Louisiana, and that was the um probably the deciding factor I would say it 's just the fact that my parents and everyone could watch my career watch our home come to our matches and and whatnot and be a part of
0: that. Understood. And I mean, you had quite a career. You were a, a double, just a, a, a few accomplishments: doubles all-American, SEC indoor champ, NCAA quarterfinalist, uh, again plus many more. Talk about some of the highs, maybe even some of the lows. Some of your teammates. Talk about a little bit of your time there.
1: Yeah. So, like I said, when I I went to school at seventeen, um, and I, I do think I was pretty mature for my age, but uh, just the, I was six four, and I was one sixty five. Uh, my freshman year, my my first physical. That's what I weighed, and uh, I I think I struggled a little bit at first. Just I was still, you know, needing to fill into my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just I was a I was a stick, um, I, and I remember that first semester. I think I ended up getting to about 185 um I was in the it put me in the weight room a lot and um you know so that combined with the fact that our team was really good I was in and out the lineup the first year which was tough to be honest um I struggled with it I, I uh, felt like I I could have been in the lineup for one um but looking back on it now I mean I, I you know I it wasn't like a crazy decision. It was just, you know, I was, I I believed in myself, but um, that whole situation was tough. But I think I, you know, I I learned a lot from it. Um, I, I also um, had a couple of instances where I did get in a lineup and didn't perform. And I was, you know, one time, I know that I I bring a lot to our our team is we were playing Texas A&M who were, uh, they were top 10. We were probably top, 15 at the time and uh, the match came down in doubles to uh, me and my partner's court and we were up seven two and we lost and it was all my fault like I just completely tightened up and uh, I didn't see the lineup for a long time after that but it was such like a turning point for me because I, I really started to take ownership of my game and and I needed to get obviously I needed to get better in certain areas so I could you know and really when when it got to those situations I could believe in myself um and, and and get the job done um and you know looking back I think that was really a turning point for me because I just I, I, I was always working pretty hard but I think I was a little bit more intentional about about practice and, and what I needed to do to feel comfortable on the court and to be able to have success
0: how often do you hear something like that where it's a tough match you know it doesn't go your way and that is the turning point and sometimes sometimes the um the launching pad for a player's success.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean I think I think once you just have a decision to make, uh, all, you know, once that happens, you're either just gonna give up or or not or kind of act, oh, I didn't get tight. I didn't, and I was like, it was it was so bad that like there was nothing I could say. And I was like, okay, I'm never letting that happen again.
0: Um, yeah. And I mean through that experience, you can use that now as a coach to your kids when kids cause it's gonna happen to everyone. You play this game long enough mm-hmm. and you play it at the level where you're recruiting the kids are playing it, they're all gonna have tough losses. And it's how you know it's how they choose to respond, a hundred percent. For sure. So, like I said, I mean you obviously use that to kind of launch your collegiate career going forward. You had great success. You did play on the Pro Tour for like a really short time, I think, I and mean, then you you got back into coaching pretty quick at LSU, your alma mater.
1: Correct. So after my senior year, I had, I think maybe at that point, I had 18 hours left to graduate. Um, after my you know senior, I finished my eligibility. So in May, um, I decided to go to summer school right away. And I think I knocked out maybe six hours. And, you know, I was definitely planning on going to play full time um, after that. And so I did. I I think I started in August. Once um, summer school was out, I started playing some. Uh, I was I had more success, and in you know, my senior year, I started getting pretty good singles. Like I was having, I think I I think I maybe got up to like thirty in the country in singles, but in doubles, I'd had a lot of success. Uh, my partner and I, Colt Gas, and we were we finished the year I think three in the country. So um, I I felt you know that if I was going to make a living playing tennis, it was you know more likely to be in doubles. So that was kind of my thought process going out to play. And, um, you know, I did have some success in doubles in a short period of time. I ended up, you know, in December of that year, I decided that, um, you know, I I always knew in the back of my head that I I wanted to get into coaching, probably around my junior year. And it was specifically the college coaching. Um, And so I knew I had to, you know, I had to uh, still take 12 hours to graduate. And I was able to do like a student assistant position at LSU that following year. Um, And I made that decision off of, you know, wanting to graduate. And also I wasn't really enjoying the, the travel side of tennis, Um, you know, professional tennis, you know, being on my own, all those different things. I just, I was never really, uh, never really settled in. And so I didn't at that time say, I'm never playing again. It was more, all right, I'm going to go back, uh, you know, help the team out, uh, finish my degree, and then, you know, see what happens at that point point. make a decision. Um, And then ultimately Tulane uh, had um, uh, stopped their program uh, after Hurricane Katrina. And they were, uh, you know, starting it back up that following year. And Mark Boris, who was the assistant coach at LSU, uh, for Jeff Brown at the time, and was was my coach there as well. Um, when I was there, he he ended up getting the head coaching job, which left the position open. So I was just in the right place at the right time, and I felt like it was too good to pass up.
0: Yeah, and I'm always fascinated. I've had a couple of guests that, that both played for um, their, you know, played for the coach, and then they wound up joining them in the coaching ranks, and this happened with you too. How's that switch of Having to play for a coach, and now you're um, not playing for him anymore. You're coaching with him. How's that? How's that? Uh, dynamic.
1: It. I think we handled it pretty well. Jeff, Jeff was. Uh, is just a. He's a very. Uh, he's a player's coach. Um, he he gave he gave me a lot of ownership of of the things, you know, recruiting and those kind of things. Which, in a way, I kind of think he's a little uh, too nice because I was. I was so young, so raw coach, you know, from a coaching standpoint, but I really, I really was motivated. I wanted to do well. Uh, I wanted to help people. I mean, that was my whole thing. I was like, I really felt fortunate for the experience I had at LSU, my, you know, growing up around, you know, a bunch of coaches and a lot of people I I knew really sacrificed for me. That was like my whole deal. Like I, I want to give back. Um, That's how I really fell in love with coaching. Um, So I, I think the guys on the team knew that, too. And obviously, there was a boundary, you know, that had to, you know, come into place once right. I, you know, was the assistant. But you're
0: not that much older than some of your upper no, class. Oh, people.
1: I think I was actually <laughs> younger than some of them. Uh, just because I would started so early. And, uh, I, I mean, that first year of student assistant, I was coaching, um, you know, a lot of guys I was on the team with for two, three years. So, um, you know, yeah, that's, that's, I, I think, that's I think the main thing is... <laughs> Yeah, that's I interesting. Main, I think the main the main thing is that there was a respect, like that they knew that I wanted to help, and that I would really I was willing to to do what it took, you know, whatever needed to be done to, to give them uh, what they needed to to be successful, and it, it it went pretty smoothly, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it happens in the in in all different types of industries, right? You're you're a colleague with someone, and then one of them gets promoted, and you wind up working for that someone, and And Mm -hmm. it it happens all the time. But like you said, once the kids understood that you were out there trying to help them, hopefully it went pretty quickly. And then you just guys, you guys just took off from there. Um,
1: Yeah. I actually, I actually think, in a way, looking back, I had a little bit more of an issue once I was working with the new guys that didn't know me as a player. And I think it's because I was a little bit. Too intense with them at first, just inexperienced, not um, not empathetic enough. And with the other guys, I kind of I, I approached it so much differently because I, I I was aware of the situation that.
0: If and I you already had a relationship. Strong, you had a relationship yes.
1: with those guys. Yes, I actually found that pretty easy. It was the it was the next group, and then I had to learn I had to learn more from that on creating that relationship, they trust. Um, and and you know building on that,
0: understood. Um, I mean, yeah, you had great success. I think. Well, you were at one point you were Southern Region Assistant Coach of the Year. You worked with ten ITA All-Americans, fourteen All-SEC performers, and one SEC Player of the Year, including some very good pros on the pro tour right now. And that's Michael Venus, um, one of the best doubles players in the world. Also, Neil Skubsky, also top doubles player in the world. I mean did you see in working with them that that those two had what it what it takes to really be successful at that next level
1: I I think it was it was difficult for me at that time because I hadn't really seen someone who was a a peer uh get to that level and so uh, looking you know just seeing the progress of yeah they were really successful My, in both different ways mike was uh Really good junior uh, singles player. He he went to Texas. Uh, he was really good there. He, he was playing number six for him, but they I think they got to the final four. I mean, he was a very good six. But he ends up coming to LSU. He ends up being number one in the country, maybe two years later. Um, and I, I so he always, he's always really good in doubles. He's not a natural doubles player. He's he's a he's really a power. Player, he's got a massive forehand, massive serve, and he's learned to volley well. And he's kind of found a niche, like his niche in in doubles. It's not, it's not the talented guy, and so I, I'm not surprised that he's there now. I guess, and especially you know, knowing what I know now. But at that time, I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure that he was that good. But you know, it's, I think it's hard when you, when you really haven't seen someone you grew up and really know the level and the stages. Now I, I see it through these different guys that have um ultimately made it to that to that level um neil once mike well okay for any ken Skupski was a teammate of mine for four years and uh he ended up you know he's top 50 in the world right now in doubles and so he made it top 100 uh in doubles you know way before these guys did it and so at that point i kind of knew what the level was at, you know somewhat and so um with with neil I always kind of thought you know he he's so talented. It was unbelievable. It was it was, it was the opposite of Mike, where he, you just kind of knew, you know, especially after I'd seen that Ken, you know, what Ken was able to do, I, I had a really good feeling about, you know, Neil's future in
0: doubles. Understood. So with that success that you had, uh head coaching opportunities were gonna most likely come your way, which they did. And we'll kind of tie all this together because not only you from LSU, come to the state of Kansas. We have another person at LSU that is currently in the state of Kansas as the assistant at the university of Kansas. Also a good friend of yours, Megan Falcon, right?
1: Yeah. So yeah, Megan's in, in Kansas. I actually haven't seen her since she's been here, but, uh, it, I, I sent her a message once, uh, I saw she took the job and I'm happy for her. Megan. Uh, as, as you know, Megan was a, was a tremendous player. Amazing. I mean, I, did she get to the, I think she got to the final four of the, the you know, the semifinals NCAs and singles. Is that
0: correct? Yeah. So I think one of the years she got to the semifinals. Yeah. Yeah,
1: she's sure. so, so good. And uh, someone, you know, I enjoyed, um, you know, being with at LSU and she's, she's, she's a funny girl.
0: Yeah, no, she's great. Um, so yeah, both, both people from LSU wind up in the state of Kansas, her at the university of Kansas, you taking the head coaching job for the guys at Wichita state. Talk about how that opportunity came up.
1: Yeah, so it was, it was interesting. I, I was assistant coach at LSU for eight years, and I you know had aspirations of being a head coach. I, it was just really tough for, for so long I didn't even really look. I wasn't even thinking about ever leaving LSU. I, you know obviously, I'm a mater. Um, I was enjoying it. Uh, Jeff was someone that I really enjoyed working for. Um, you know gave me a lot of ownership of the program. And um, my wife, she was a gymnast at LSU, and she she got into uh, academic advising uh, in the academic center at LSU, and, and so she was working with the gymnastics team. That was her deal. So she was still, you know, active in uh, that team and program. And so, you know, it was something we were both in a great spot. But I, I, at that point, I I just was, you know, wanting to take the next step, and um, you know. Ultimately, I ended up um, getting in touch with um, Drew Drew Everly, uh, who who we both know. He he reached out to me, and you know, is really good friends with Colin Foster, who I I, I knew but I didn't know real well. And he you know, he was just kind of you know trying to get some names on people who would be interested in it. And I said, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll look at it. And then I started. The more I, and at the time, I honestly, wasn't that excited about it, but I. Uh, kept looking you know into it more and more and the more i found out the the more i, I was excited And then i came on my uh, interview here and i was like couldn't believe it like how much i felt like it was a great fit for our family and um i felt like it was a place that we could we could do really well
0: got it shout out drew everly also been on this podcast before so go check out my episode with drew drew a really really good uh and funny guy so yeah, yeah i mean you're you're Doing great work there. You're having success. Your top doubles team reached the NCAA quarters, earned All-American status. Your, t- your team uh, also had a great top thirty win over Dartmouth. Just among a few of the accomplishments. What are you looking at moving forward? Obviously, whenever this new normal, whatever we get with this new normal coming back, where are you looking at moving this program forward? Like talk um, the future of this team.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're really excited about where we're at right now. The you know the first four years here we have reached you know at some point in the year top 50 in the country so that that was really one of the first things we wanted to do is to get to where we're in that range consistently um and we've been able to do that and you know this past year you know with with covid we we were gonna before covid we were gonna lose um you know the the two all americans uh merco and amaris froza as well as uh ilio lago who played you know two three forces past year, um, but you know, now now they're all coming back. And you know, we finished this last year 12 and five. We had a win over Arkansas, we lost to Tennessee, who finished the year number 12. We lost them four three, seven six, and a third, eight oh. six. And uh, so we weren't we weren't bad, um, you know, we were we were pretty good, and this following year you know, this upcoming year we have um the whole team, you know, the, the the top six coming back and then we have um you know a player who was um red shirting this past year who is from chile and he was a 14.15 UTR before he got before he got here. So he's someone who who's gonna be able to play, you know, in the top part of the lineup for us. And we just wow. signed a kid from Austria, Luka Mersic who's was a thirteen seven one UTR. So um we are optimistic, you know, moving forward. We're excited. The guys, the guys are really excited on the team. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that Merkel and Marius are the two of, you know, my first year, they're I brought in three guys and they are two of them. And they've kind of been on this ride. And I, I think, you know, they, they're why well, I know they believe now that we can, you know, take the program to a new level and, uh, and they are able to pass that on to the other guys and everyone's get, you know, buying in and, So we're excited about this upcoming year.
0: Awesome. You got a lot of, uh, things to look forward to. It sounds like, and you're, you're doing a great job. It's awesome hearing your story. And, uh, with with everything that we're going on with everything that we're going in right now, we take it day by day. We don't take anything for granted. Like you said yourself, tell your team love each day that you get to play tennis because this is a bizarre time. And hopefully we'll get back to, um, some more normal, whatever that means going forward, mm-hmm. circumstances going forward. So with that coach, thank you. Um, I know you're busy and I know you're, uh, itching to get back uh, on the courts with everybody. So I appreciate your time and best of luck in this, uh, next academic year. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Talk to you later.